Hi. Hi, Carrie. How are you? I'm good, Laura. How are you? Doing fantastic. Thank you. I might have to pause this. I'm out of water again. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but we could we'll do that later. Uh, welcome, guys, to History of a Haunting. We have a good one for you today. It's really spooky. I like it. Awesome. I like it. Yeah. I don't have any EVPs. Do you have any EVPs? Nada. Nada. All right, well, then let's just get right to the ghosts, uh, guys, today. It's it's a good one. Um, and again, you know, guys, how it goes. Whenever there's kind of a blended history and haunting, we just write one script and then we split it. So Laura's taking the first half. Take it away, my love. All right. So our sources are SpookyIsles.com, uh, which was by Darren W. Ritson, and DailyMail.co.uk. Yeah, Darren right. Ritson so, was one of the investigators on this case. Okay. So, okay. So, <clears throat> all right. So, quote, There is certainly more to this world than we can know at this present moment in time, and that I can say with total conviction after investigating this case with Michael J. Hollowell. We saw things that most physical researchers or ghost investigators could ever wish to see during this outbreak. An outbreak. Uh, <laughs> like, right? I like, like... <laughs> <laughs> wow, all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, what Mike and I experienced, along with dozens of other bewildered onlookers, throughout this intense investigation changed our way of thinking and forced us to realize that reality is certainly not what we thought it was. A good example of paranormal phenomena that we witnessed was watching a child's toy appear in the top corner of the room that had seemingly materialized from out of thin air, then dropped suddenly to the floor below. Weird. Impossible, some will no doubt say. But no, it happened, I can assure you. I never thought in my lifetime I would ever see such paranormal phenomena being displayed at this particular level, but I did. Another astonishing example of what this poltergeist could accomplish was to throw a coin through the air from an empty area of the house and have it pass through a closed glass door in land in an adjoining, adjoining room. Matter through matter. It does indeed happen, and it happened at South Shields on a number of occasions. That's fucking wild. That is super crazy. That is super crazy, and I wonder if they had a physicist there. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's, even that kind of claim gives me pause. And generally, I'm like, fucking, I believe it. I can see it. Let's do this. That right. has me going, Mm, I don't like really yeah like yeah that that gives me pause but all right so knives toys and other household objects were hurled around by unseen hands and on many occasions the investigators present were showered with coins that seemingly materialized from thin air cool ornaments were relocated around the house in particular an african lady statuette that sat on a shelf in the landing was continually moved about and often left on the stairs Hmm. so we were also told by the poltergeist via a child's message slash like doodle board to go now and stop it now we refused simply because we had promised the family from the very outset that we would not under any circumstances cut and run or abandon the case simply because no one else at that time was prepared to help them. Many paranormal researchers and investigators dream of getting that big case where they are given a good opportunity to examine and study an active poltergeist in action. 
And yeah. in 2006, I was given that opportunity. Be That's, careful uh, what you wish for. <laughs> exactly. And that was by Darren uh, W. Ritson. It was all his quote. So, yeah. All right. So 17 years ago, uh, poltergeist infestation erupted in South Tinsdale, Tinside, Northeast England. Uh, is that in the Cotswolds? I you believe know? so. Yeah. Oh, okay. And subsequently became one of the most famous cases in UK poltergeist history. It was the South Shields poltergeist. The case that began at the end of 2005 and lasted most of 2006 is said by some to be one of the best attested in one of the most significant cases in over 50 years. Damn. Yeah. So Alan Murdy, who was the chairman of the Ghost Club of Great Britain, honestly, I just need that title. Also, I just need to be a part of that. (laughs) Can I just hang out? Um, And former head of the Spontaneous Cases Committee for the Society for... Uh, physical psychical. research, psychical. psychical. Yeah. I'm like physical. What is it? Psychical, <laughs> psychical research. <laughs> no, it's not a word. Carried out wanna... his own. Inve- <laughs> I also want to be a part of that. <laughs> it's not a word. Carried out his own investigation into the case in 2010 and studied the evidence that was accumulated over the course of this year-long investigation. Uh, he subsequently published his findings in the Journal of the Society for psychical made up research so due to the nature of this extraordinarily violent and prolonged infestation it attracted nationwide attention in the uk and it even made headline news in south africa australia and in the usa so made up (laughs) psychical made up research So here's what happened. Oh, God. Mark and Marianne, and this is uh, pseudonyms to protect their identity, got undressed and quickly slipped under the duvet. Although the heating had been on for many hours, it was unusually cold in their normally snug little bedroom. In spite of the cold, they tried to drift off to sleep after a hard day looking after their boisterous three-year-old son, Robert. Seconds later, Marianne was hit on the head by their son's toy dog. She sat upright in bed. (laughs) The cuddly toy was clearly aimed at her, but who or what could have thrown it? So moments later, another stuffed dog hit her on the head. Soon the air was thick with flying toys. What the fuck? (laughs) What? Um, I would be like, where is Robert? Question one. (laughs) Two, why are all these toys in my room? (laughs) Right. So all seemed to appear in mid-flight, apparently from nowhere, and were hurled, hurled with great force at the petrified couple. So Mark and Marianne hugged the duvet closer, trying to protect themselves from the flying toys. Um, They found themselves in a pillow fight with no pillow. Um, (laughs) So an invisible hand grabbed the far corner of the duvet and pulled it in the opposite direction. So soon they were involved in a tug of war with some supernatural force. Uh, Just as quickly as it had started, the tugging stopped. But it was replaced by something even more sinister. Marianne, my body feels like it's burning, said Mark, panic-stricken. What's happening to me? All across his back, scratches had started to appear. In the space of a few minutes, 13 separate scratches appeared across Mark's back. Burning intensely, they felt as though a powerful beast was slowly drawing its claws across his body. But just as quickly as the scratches appeared, they vanished. Over the following few months, Mark and Marianne's family suffered numerous assaults by a violent ghost that came to be known as the South Shields Poltergeist. Cuddly toys came alive and toilets flushed with blood. Nope. Draw the line there. Move. Get out. 
Elizabeth Bathory's dream bathroom. <laughs> She's nowhere to be found. The fuck? A bidet of blood. Gross. Oh, no. Ah, yuck. The family was forced to turn to professional help. So Mike Hallowell and Darren Ritson are seasoned paranormal researchers who have investigated a range of seemingly inexplicable phenomena such as poltergeists and psychic mediums. So we were initially very skeptical, admits Darren, but they were soon convinced the haunting was genuine. Uh, The house was quickly kitted out with motion-activated video cameras and sophisticated sensors. So if the poltergeist should appear, the investigators were determined to capture it on film. And they didn't have to have have to wait long. <laughs> um, so Darren Ritson states, quote, at this point in time, the strange occurrences had been plaguing Lock Street for nigh on six months, starting in the December of the previous year, which was 2005, mm. and slowly building momentum over time to its present level. So I was inclined to think that if we were indeed, so if it were indeed a genuine poltergeist at work, it might be fast approaching the end of its shelf life. Uh, The majority of poltergeists are usually short-lived with visitations or infestations lasting anything from two weeks to two months. And each respective poltergeist comes with different levels of intensity. I did not know this. I didn't either. I've never heard this. I didn't. We haven't really discuss or really studied poltergeist too much in our training so this was all new to me yeah i'm not like all right i'm like i'll take your word for it right um i don't know all i know is that they talk to little girls through the tv so there are however one or two exceptions to the rule where poltergeists can invest for anything up to two years or longer before burning themselves out uh the enfield case of 77 to 78 is a prime example of this we covered uh, it Look yeah, at Lock Street. 30s, I think, episodes mm. in the 30s. <laughs> Lock Street was now six months in, and by all accounts, it showed no signs of relenting. In fact, we did not know it at this point, but it was actually about to become a lot more intense, end quote. Great. All right. So, so he's it, not throwing toys anymore. <laughs> it's starting no. to throw coins. <laughs> What's after that? <laughs> All right, yeah. So it wasn't until four long hours had passed on his first visit, um, after much exploration of the house and all its rooms, constantly monitoring the situation, uh, when Mike and Darren were astounded uh, to see their first paranormal events. Uh, they were standing in Robert's bedroom. Um, it was Darren, Mike, Mark, and Marianne when suddenly and unexpectedly from out of nowhere came a yellow plastic nut, which was part of Robert's toy workbench and toolkit. It flew across the room with such speed and force that bounced off a wooden cupboard door before hitting Marianne on the backside. <laughs> As she yelled, right? Like dick ghost. As she yelped in surprise and in pain, right, he could do nothing but stand there utterly bewildered. So as they were discussing the event, another of Robert's toys slid off the top of the drawers and landed in the metal waste bin with a clash. Although Mark was standing close by, uh, they could clearly see that he was not responsible for that occurring. So because Mark jumped up in fright, too. And from the look of both Mark and Marianne's faces, uh, we fast, you know, they began to suspect something really odd was indeed occurring in the house. Right. So those were not the only incidents that occurred during the first visit to Lock Street. 
Another plastic nut later flew off the chest of drawers and landed on a large cardboard box. A rubber ball appeared from nowhere on Robert's bed, and the ball was actually hot to the touch. Yeah. Yeah, kind of fucking weird. Mm. Uh, a nightlight that was plugged into the wall socket um, on the top of the landing outside of Robert's bedroom was heard to pull itself out of the wall. Ew. It was subsequently found resting on the landing floor under the sockets. That's fucking weird. <laughs> um, sound recordings were also made that afternoon in Robert's bedroom after a designated period of lock-off time, which consisted of creaking and knocking. A strange pinging sound was heard. A shuffling noise that um, could only be described as footfalls or movement of some sort. You look stressed. The sound you're like i know i'm like ah, ah. Me out. the sound of guitar strings being plucked no thank you uh coins spinning on a wooden surface coughing and a very odd bloop 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 noise gross um that was not identified uh very strange to say the least as they know for certain the room was empty throughout that period of time they were all sitting downstairs in the kitchen area mm-hmm. so things were heating up and that was only day one, and they Fuck. had no idea oh, how bad things were going to become. <laughs> oh my god! And they came in like this had already been going on for a minute before they even like came. Six in. months, I think. This they is, said, yeah. This is their day one, but it's like day, you know, one hundred and twenty-four for the family. Fuck no! That's super fucked. All right. The strength and the ability of the entity, um, call it what you will, uh, seemed to grow bigger and stronger as the days went on, as did its sadistic desire to intimidate, terrorize, and frighten. So just as Mark and Marianne were literally becoming um, psychical wrecks made up, and when they thought (laughs) that things could not get any worse, it turned its attention on Mark and began attacking him physically and with such ferocity that everybody was left wondering just what the hell are we dealing with here that is so fucked Mm. so it was now getting extremely violent uh and they knew that this thing intended to cause physical harm in whatever way it could okay Uh, it even started to throw carving knives at people what the fuck get out of the house (laughs) it's still there Okay, that's a that's a real <laughs> steep jump from coins right? to carving knives. Okay, it hits you in the butt with something. <clears throat> All right, fine. Everybody can see. Okay, that's it's annoying and right? quite probably doesn't feel great, but like knives. Now it's throwing knives. Nope, time to go. <laughs> On one occasion, uh, they actually found a large silver kitchen knife lying. Um, it's what is this? Um, on his, on Robert's lying bedroom floor in C two. I, C2? In, lying in... Uh, I don't know. But anyway, it's on the bedroom floor, and it wasn't fucking there before. And what three-year-old needs the knife? <laughs> like, uh, no. So on another occasion, when Mike entered the house one day, he was welcomed by a carving knife as it hurled itself across the kitchen, bounced off the TV that was perched high on the shelf before clattering to the floor. That is so nope. fucked up. Nope. Nope. Oh, so okay. In C two, in C two means in is it like original it, place? Okay. I don't know. Huh, but like crazy. Yeah, in C two means in its original place. Okay. 
So on a few occasions when we thought the poltergeist, and now we're learning words, it's like a vocab lesson and we get to talk about poltergeist. It doesn't get any better. <laughs> on a few occasions when we thought, uh, when they thought the poltergeist may have been actually reaching its peak, um, things always seem to take a turn for the worse. Um, they had, uh, they guessed that they had underestimated the power of it. Little bit. The force, yeah, for Little want bit. of a better word. And it certainly wasn't going to go without a fight. So this was brutally demonstrated one night thereafter when Mark was lying in bed with Marianne. He suddenly felt a burning, a strange burning sensation on his torso. So he got up out of bed to investigate it. So after removing his t-shirt to check his body, he was astonished to find out that he was coming out in an angry and sore looking red rash. I'm so suddenly pause out you. of nowhere. Okay. Whoops. I'm going to pause you, finish this, this sentence, and then we're going to pause the recording because I forgot to grab the picture. You got to see the picture. Okay. Suddenly from out of nowhere into the utter horror, cuts and scratches began to appear across his chest and across his side and on his stomach. As, as, do you want me to finish this part? As Mark and Marianne yeah. stood there transfixed watching the poltergeist continue to relentlessly carry out this actual physical and psychic assault showing no mercy whatsoever. It almost cut him to pieces, drawing much blood in the process, leaving the distressed couple in a complete state of fear and shock. Okay, here, hang on. Let me grab it. Check this out. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. I had to grab the picture. Um, this is it. This is uh, the guy. Uh, maybe it's not the guy. There he is. Ooh, that uh-huh. is quite intense scratching yeah yeah and i the the picture the accompanying you can see the rash or whatever mm -hmm. yeah it's weird it's like it's it's fucking weird the middle part where it looks like blurred he had a tattoo there so they actually the guy this darren guy said that i did a doctor and edit that um part because he didn't want to be able to be identified by his tattoo so they blurred that middle part out but that's what yeah. he that those are the scratches that he got, which are fucking fucked up. And it looks like he has like boils almost. Uh huh. Like, um, like yeah. welts or something. Yeah, they're like white, yeah, yeah, but mm -hmm. it's blisters, I guess, is what it looks like. Yeah. That's fucking bad. This yeah, poor dude. Mm -mm, not at all. All right. So, um, I was too scared to go to sleep and too frightened to stay awake says Marianne after that attack at Froggen. I agree with you, girl. So I felt that we just couldn't escape from it. No matter what we did, we couldn't get away. Yeah, it's super fucked. Um, so disturbing were the events that the couple wanted to move away from the area and they didn't want their full identities revealed. Um, now, such encounters may sound truly absurd, um, but according to the Society for Psychical Research, Bullshit. Um, <laughs> made up, um, there are 260 cases of poltergeist, uh, poltergeist reported every year in the UK alone. That's far too many. Colonialism backlash. <laughs> These poltergeists need to find something to do. 
Um, it's almost impossible to accurately gauge how many hauntings there are as far more go unreported. Hauntings by extremely violent poltergeists, such as those suffered that suffered by Mark and Mary Ann, are thankfully extremely rare and probably happen once a decade at most. So, yay, Mark and Mary Ann, you're unique, and that's one special. <laughs> Great. You're a snowflake. Yeah. So, hard-bitten skeptics, of course, scoff at any claims of haunting um, and say that poltergeist stories are simply the result of hoaxing and trickery. There are various um, possible causes of a poltergeist. The traditional explanation would be that they are a form of a haunting, um, that they are earthbound spirits out to cause trouble. That's always entirely possible. Or it could be the repressed emotions of people in the room causing psychokinetic effects. So people in the room using the power of their mind to move objects. Um, Whatever scientists regard as the most likely cause of a haunting, Mark and Marianne were left in no doubt uh, that an evil spirit had taken possession of their home. And quite frankly, you know what's funny? Yeah. Is I would actually believe more in a poltergeist than somebody being able to move objects with their mind. I'm like, no. Right. Not yeah. I'm like, poltergeist, sound... like, I, I lean towards that. Okay. Right. A I thousand just realized percent. that about myself when you said that. I'm like, bullshit. Look at guys, maybe. <laughs> we are dropping so much paranormal knowledge in this episode. Finding ourselves. It's bit, It's beautiful. Um, right, go on. Sorry. And quite honestly, I. If a spirit had taken possession of my home, great. Better my home than me. Fair enough. Frankly. Um, so one of the first signs of poltergeist, uh, in of the um, poltergeist infestation was the series of the um, disturbing messages that you had mentioned were left on the their son's doodle board. It was that like magna doodle yeah. is what he had. Like, yeah, it makes Etch-a-Sketch seem real fucked up all of a sudden. Real, yeah. Now I'm like, I don't want anything near like that in my home. Messages that would read, die, bitch, and R.I.P., and go, bitch, now to your man. Like, this thing hated her. Wow. Um, so these things were scrawled on the message board, and they were followed by the appearance of satanic-looking symbols. So the family is adamant that the messages were not hoaxes left by them, and so therefore their origin remains a mystery. Um... But again, like you said, at least two or three times in your part, the messages from the poltergeist became even more sinister. Like this thing was just warming up. All right. So Marianne said, quote, when I was outside the house, it, I, it would continuously call my mobile from our home phone, even though I knew for certain that no one was in the house. This is where Laura gets really fucking weird. That is weird. Um, it sent me death threats by text. No matter what I did, I couldn't get away from it. So, um, so it's the, technologically savvy. It is <laughs> exactly. What is happening? Exactly. It, in fact, my next sentence is in the mark of what was a very 21st century haunting. Ghostly text messages inexplicably appeared on mobile and landline phones. Wild. Which I'm gonna tell you about that in a second. Because I don't remember that being possible. But anyway, it seems the ghost was completely... And you're going to have to help me out with this word. It's French. Oh, au, au fait? What, uh-huh. is, what is that? Yeah. Comfortable? Familiar? To, to do, to make. Yeah. Oh, okay. With modern technology. So, um, the poltergeist began to utilize the telephones in the house. Uh, Marianne's landline, which was an incoming call-only line. Um, and the mobile phones... Uh, to instill fear in the couple. 
So at first the messages were tame in nature, but they soon became more sinister, as this guy has said nine times now. Um, he said that he was present one day when the telephone rang at the house. Marianne picked up the phone to answer it and was greeted by an automated message. In, ro- in a robotic voice, the words, hi, 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 was heard. So back in 2006, you could text message land you could text message landline phones which would convert the text message into the aforementioned robotic voice so it could relay the message to you do you remember that because i don't i had no idea you could text a landline phone i did not know that either but um i mean now if you try to do it you just get a message (laughs) back that says you just tried to text a landline phone Oh, so I looked up bofe because I'm not really like familiar with that with that oh, okay. term. Okay. So it means to have a good or detailed knowledge of. Oh, so, okay. So have an yeah, ofe, yeah. good or detailed knowledge of modern technology. So wow. Apparently, yeah. It's quite. Um, hmm. Okay. Hey, look at this. this We're learning like... French. This is an <laughs> excellent episode. It's not a philistine. All right. <laughs> not at all. Um, so. Anyway, I guess you could text message landlines and it would translate the message into that robotic voice. And this is what occurred here. Only it was the poltergeist that somehow sent the message. And they knew this because the phone from which the message was sent belonged to Mark. And it was right in front of us sitting on the dining room table at the time. He wasn't on it. So they then decided that um, all everybody who was present should remove their phones from their pockets and along with the cordless home phone, have them placed on the table in front of them. Um, Mark's, just as mentioned, was already on the table. So they were all sitting chatting when the landline rang again. On this occasion, the message simply said, hello, hello. One more message came through in this way a few moments later that then said, sorry. Remember, this is a creepy robotic voice. Mm-hmm. Gross. So, and all the phones were, again, remember, in the on the table in front of them. Um, and by now, they removed the SIM cards from their phones, just as a further mm-hmm. proof that they could, their phones couldn't be used. Um, so they also removed the battery from Mark's phone, yet the messages still came. Then the poltergeist began to send messages to Marianne's mobile phone. The bitch will die today and going to die today, going to get you. Later in the day and after um, Darren and Mark's um, departure, Mike's departure rather, the poltergeist had become so active in the house that um, Marianne decided to flee and go stay at her mother's um in the hope that she might get some like rest from the chaos in her home but on her way there the text began once more she phoned mike immediately in a state of distress to explain to him and um darren what was going on while speaking on the phone expressing her concerns about the poltergeist following her to her mother's she received a text message that said please don't go i will come with you bitch Wow. Now frantic, she yelled down the phone to Mike, oh my God, I'm going to be frightened to go to sleep tonight. To which the poltergeist then immediately sent another text message saying, I can get you when you're awake and I'll come for you when you're asleep, bitch. No, thank you. That's terrifying. It was as though the poltergeist was listening into the conversation. Wow. 
So one evening, Mike was out, uh, was working at the house and he saw a dark shape appear on the landing outside the couple's son's room. Marianne saw it too and screamed. The entity walked slowly from the bathroom across the landing into the bedroom. As it passed the door to Robert's room, it paused and stared icily at me. Its face, devoid of all features such as eyes, nose, or mouth, was cold and menacing. It felt like it was burrowing into my soul. No. It was large, maybe two meters in height, and midnight black. It was a three-dimensional silhouette that just radiated sheer evil. So Mike was so stunned by what he saw that he didn't manage to switch the camera on in time. It was gutting, Mike said. We all saw it, but we didn't get the proof that we needed. So a few days later, uh, they were given a second chance when the poltergeist once again attacked Mark, the husband. Just as before, he felt the entity approach him and start drawing its talons down his back. You could actually watch the scratches forming. First an elongated red patch, then sharply defined scratches within it. Cuts started to appear on the right side of his back. They immediately started to bleed. Then Mark's skin started to change color. It went dark, almost as if it was sunburnt. Um, I've seen, and then Darren went on to say that I've seen film and stills of poltergeist scratches appearing before, but nothing like this. Wow. So the, yeah, the investigators frantically checked their video cameras and this time they'd caught the attack on tape. So, although the quality was poor, they could see the scratches appearing on Mark's back. Now, many people will argue that the poltergeist was a hoax or a collective delusion. Some, on the other hand, will insist the video footage shot by Mike proves beyond reasonable doubt that there was a poltergeist in the house. Um, True, the poltergeist was witnessed by dozens of people and its chilling antics were captured on film. On one occasion, a group of six paranormal investigators witnessed an attack on Mark. Hi, Fluffy. <laughs> they also saw levitating crockery, ornaments moving of their own accord from room to room, and ghostly sounds emanating from a baby monitor. Ew. Yeah, the thought often crossed their minds just how long this horrendous torment would go on for, and sometimes they thought that it would never end and that the poltergeist was there for good. Um, but after a total of 12 months of living hell for Mark, Marianne, and Robert... And seven months of bewilderment for the paranormal investigators, Darren and Mike, the South Shields poltergeist did at last relent, but only for one month before it came back to wreak havoc for one last terrifying week. So after that week, the poltergeist departed the house for good. And as far as Darren was aware, no further poltergeist related um, occurrences have been reported by Mark and Marianne. So... It was a grueling, nasty, malevolent encounter with a vicious and unknown force that was at last over. Um, And Mark and Marianne Robert could begin to live a normal life once more. Now, the South Shields poltergeist was an extraordinary case in which the phenomena encountered matched and correlated with many other well-known documented cases that had been reported for centuries. Indeed, it was a force to be reckoned with. Um, just about everything that occurred in that 12 month period between 2005 and 2006 was documented in one form or another. They have hundreds of still photographs showing displaced objects. A large percent of them were paranormally moved while we were at the house dictation device recordings, um, which include anomalous voices, ghostly footfalls, the shuffling of feet in empty rooms, as well as a host of other strange, um, sound recordings, 
videotaped footage of the poltergeist at work as this supernatural saga was unfolding. They have over 17 different independent witness testimonies, 22 if they include the family involved. Um, they've supplied supply, they have supplied signed statements bearing witness to what they experienced at this house, and they can all be read in the new book that was put out along with the original Society for Psychical Research case review, which was first published in 2010 um, in the Society's Journal. So the title of the book is called The South Shields Poltergeist, and it is a true and spine-chilling account of one family's fight against an invisible intruder. And it is a case that uh, this Darren will never forget. 15, um, 17 years on, and he still sits and contemplates um, with an open jaw, completely bewildered at what they experienced at that house in South Tyneside. So the book is a welcome contribution to psychical research um, and a valuable addition to its literature. It's a permanent reminder of what Mike Hallowell and Darren Ritson dealt with in 2006. It's it's a story that will ultimately go down in psychical research history, but last Um, And last but not least, it is a testament to the resolve and the courage that was shown by one normal and everyday family in the northeast of England. So perhaps the last word should actually go to Marianne. She's eager to sell her home and move on with life, and she is still shocked by the intensity of the haunting. We were absolutely terrified, she says. I don't think I'll ever be the same again. If I hear a noise that I cannot explain or something that goes missing, then it always makes us wonder whether it has come back again. But right now, we're just glad that it seems to have left us alone. And that is the South Shields poltergeist. What do you think? That's a very interesting tale. It's a very interesting tale. And I think the thing that creeps me out is the text messaging. I think that's the freaking worst. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, it sounds like a really pissed off ex-girlfriend or something. I don't know. Like that thing was mad. 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 Super, so, super mad. Yeah. Super yeah. mad. It's interesting. I, there's, yeah, like you were saying earlier, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I didn't know any of that shit about Poltergeist. I didn't know what I saw in the movie when I was a kid. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, basically that was, that was kind of Don't build your house on an Indian burial ground. Bad idea. Bad idea. Um, Also don't use actual human remains in your movies. Steven Spielberg from UCLA Medical Center. Don't do that either. Don't do that either. This has been a very educational episode and we thank you guys for coming along with us. Um, Sorry for the constant like shifting and moving, but we are, uh, this is our fourth of five recordings um, because we're doubling up while Laura goes on vacation and my back is getting a little fucked sitting in this chair. So sorry about that. Um, But we hope you guys have a really wonderful week. Please listen to Laura's, uh, my short story. Oh, it's my short story this week. Yes, uh, the Erickson twins. That was another bonkers episode. Um, and then next week, Laura um, covers a really um, somebody that I have always heard about, and I was really excited that she covered <laughs> I you were say, this woman. Someone I've always admired. I've always uh, looked up to. <laughs> I just God. Um, and also next week is our anniversary episode, so we're getting ready to record that. Be sure to watch that. I've got a lot of lovely, wonderful things to say about a lot of lovely and wonderful people. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's it. Laura, you want to tell them where they can follow us? Sure thing. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and the TikTok at HOH Podcast. And individually on the TikTok at HOH Carrie and at HOAH co-host Laura. 
Woohoo! All right, and as they say, uh, wait, they are us. We are they. As we say, stay safe out there. I oh, got I'm tired. Uh, because you never know who. <laughs> or which poltergeist. Is texting, texting you like you. a bad ex. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we love you. Bye. <laughs>